Welcome to another episode of the Finance and Property Survival Guide. Today is another uh, edition of the Finance and Property News Show. Me and my dad do once a week. We try to break down some of the latest news in finance and property to the layman. We want to make it easy and accessible for as anybody that knows little to nothing about finance and property uh, because we don't want it to feel like it's such a hard topic to get into that people just want to avoid it. Before we get into the show, if you want to follow anybody of us, Jesus, that didn't come out right. If you want to follow any of us, you can look up on Facebook, Money Saver Home Loans, and you'll find our page for our brokerage. If you want to follow the podcast, you can look up the Finance and Property Survival Guide on Facebook. And if you want to follow someone for some funny Instagram memes, as well as uh little bits of news content that we post every couple of days on Instagram. There's an Instagram page called F&P Survival Guide. That is my personal uh, Instagram page for the show. So if you want to check that out too, I'd appreciate it. Uh, so without further ado, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, first thing we're going to break down for today is uh, just a bit of an idea of the RBA, so the Reserve Bank of Australia's uh, modeling of how yeah. much uh, the economy may suffer depending on the lockdowns that obviously you guys are um, are in at the moment that might continue. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Sydney Sydney is calculated to lose around a billion dollars a week according to yeah. RBA modelling, while nationally we're losing three point two billion a week. But that's according mm-hmm. to Treasury numbers, so that's government yeah. rather yeah. than the RBA. Um, yeah, in, they're also expecting. So Philip Lowe, who's the governor of the RBA, also said. Uh, increasing unemployment rates are expected over the months ahead, though most mm-hmm. of that adjustment is likely to come from a decline in hours worked and participation rather than losses. So it's key yeah, to remember yeah. that people aren't likely to lose their jobs in as big of a uh, at as big of a rate as people yeah. are, are probably destined to lose hours. Yeah, yeah, or underemployed, or they want more hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've worked. I've worked out why they um why they call uh, viruses clusters because the way the Sydney, the New South of Sydney lockdown's been managed has been a complete cluster. It's um, like lockdown too late. Um, yeah, it's just all over the joint. Um, my prediction is we'll be in lockdown New South Wales till the end of September. I think, you know, this is just out of control. But, sure. yeah, I think, um, yeah, yeah, big big numbers, you know, a billion dollars a week, three point two billion according to Treasury, because it's not just New South Wales. Like there was a guy on the radio the other day who's from um, Tassie, right. and he does um, tours, and most of the tourists come from New South Wales and Victoria. Now they're not coming, so yeah, he would have normally four tours a day, and I think um, the week before he had one the whole week, so he might have you know twenty tours a week and he's down to one so yeah. the impacts are all over the place you know um during the other lockdowns you know townsville cairns those sorts of places that get a lot of tourists from new south wales and and melbourne just crazy crazy so yeah yep. see how it goes um <clears throat> one, of, one of the interesting things out of lockdowns though which we saw when when there was the lockdown last time is it's a bit of a pressure cooker, and this is something that Simon Presley and John Lindemann talk about, is that during the lockdowns, people go into their shell a little bit on the property buying front, um, which sometimes means it's a good opportunity to buy property. Um, the other, and, you know, because when we come out of lockdown and, and confidence recovers, um, it's a bit like an exploding gas bottle. You know, there's, um, there's all this pent-up demand that's got to be released. So, right. 
if if you're looking, you know, we're, we've probably we've had quite a few people approved for a long time, and in the last two weeks we've had five people buy properties, five, you know, five people buy properties, um, all of them for under five hundred grand. Um, one of them was for three sixty two, as a three bedroom unit. Um, mm. Another one is an investment property in Rockhampton for three hundred. So right. there's there's plenty plenty of good buyers out there. You just gotta just gotta know where to look. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. So something we bring up a little bit on the show, if you're new to it, is um macro prudential regulation. So there's a bunch uh-huh. of like consumer watchdogs, banking watchdogs. They've all they're all named as acronyms that I can never remember the the, the words of. But one of them is called APRA. So. There's been a bit of talk over the last, you know, year or so that APRA might step in and basically order the lenders, so the banks, to cut back on some sorts of loans that they do and that they offer uh, as a way of curbing risk that they deem is sort of happening in in the housing market. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of talk of that. And again, so Philip Lowe, the governor of the Reserve Bank, um, was just saying that uh, in regards to those comments by macroprudential regulation, we're not really in a situation where we think that that's happening yet. We're not seeing yeah. any deterioration in landing standards. We're not seeing the banks do any yeah. dodgy loans that they probably mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing. So I just yeah. sort of wondered what your thoughts were on it. Yeah, look, I reckon, I reckon he's on the money. Like he said um, when he was asked at that committee, he fronted the you know, parliamentary committee, mm-hmm. that the, the issue is more about you know, supply. Yeah, you know, that's the problem we've got at the moment. You know, if you we've got we've got a chronic undersupply of rental properties, and that's why um, rents are going up so much. And um, you know, if you stop, um, you know, what we had in twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen was um, you know rest, restricted restrictions on the number of interest only loans that could be offered, uh, restrictions on the number of um, yeah, your, your loan book that could be to investors. Um, then you had an election campaign in 2019, I think it was, when ScoMo got re-elected and the Labor Party were, you know, part of their platform was to um, um, clamp down on negative gearing. So it made, you know, people sort of sat back for a while and thought, well, we're not going to buy because we might lose, you know, any deductibility for depreciation and, and interest and those sorts of things. So, um, but yeah, I think I think he's on the money. Um, yeah, you can't you can't just keep you can control the supply of credit, um, but at the moment, um, the the biggest issue we've got is a lack of properties. Yeah, it's a bit like a bit like we talked about toilet paper, and you know during first parts, of, you know, they they showed um, the supermarket at Canberra on Thursday, I think it was when because they announced that Canberra was getting locked down at five o'clock. And there was, you know, a, a truckload of people in the supermarket all trying to get toilet paper and other things. And that's a bit like what's happening in the property market around the country, where you've got a lot of people, um, a lot of people trying to buy and not enough uh, stock around. And that's something um, that's something we're going to cover later in the show, too, is just that how we're not only short on housing supply, we're short on everything. So we'll talk about that mm. soon. Um I wanted to get you to just explain a couple of, um, I guess, some concepts about different types of loan options you can mm-hmm. get. So there's yep. obviously P&I is another like shortened acronym that you'll see on bank websites. So P&I stands for principal and interest. 
Um, mm -hmm. There's also another loan option where uh, you might have interest only as a loan type yeah. for five years, three years for a fixed time. I wondered if you could explain what P&I, so principal and interest is, what interest yeah. only is and the pros and cons of each in, a, in yeah. I don't know, five minutes or however long you want to go. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So with principal and interest, um, your repayments are normally higher than interest only because you're paying print, the principal down and the interest down. Now, in the early stages of your loan, you know, if you've got a 30-year loan, um, a lot of the repayment that you're making weekly, fortnightly or monthly um, goes towards the interest because um, you know, if, you, if your loan repayment is, say, 500 bucks a week, you might own 450 of that might be interest and the other 50 is principal. So um, yeah, that, that's how that one works. Uh, generally, if you're buying a place to live in, you get a principal interest loan. That's generally what happens. Um, with interest-only loans, um, they're normally used by investors. Um, usually, when you've also got, you might have, you might have a house that you're living in and you're paying the loan off, and you might buy an investment property. You would normally have your the place you're living in on a principal and interest loan and then have the um, the investment property on an interest-only loan because the, um, the loan for the investment property is uh, tax deductible. So there's no point paying it down while you've got a non-tax deductible debt um, on your home. So, you know, we, we help. Yeah, sometimes we get investors that want to pay principal and interest as well because they want to get generally a lower interest rate or they just want to build up equity for additional purchases. But um, yeah, you're probably better off still getting an interest-only loan with an offset account and just shoveling money off it that you can then pull out later on. Okay. So that's that's basically, yeah, we, I was doing some numbers for some clients in Canberra today. And if they bought, they, they own a property, you know, quite a good property in one of the good suburbs in Canberra and they've, they've got a fair whack still on their mortgage. But, you know, the, the loan value ratio is only about 40 or 50%. Now, if they bought a cash flow positive property with an interest-only loan, um, it will give them a surplus of around 200 bucks a week, which if they then pay off their the home they live in, will save them about five years on their loan term. So is it's a it's good at the moment with 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 rents at about five percent and interest only loans at two and a half to three percent, nearly every property in Australia that's worth buying as an investment will be cash flow positive. Yeah, okay. So yeah. you know, unless you're gonna buy, you know, a three million dollar place at Mossman or yeah. million and a half dollar place at Sandy Bay in Tassie or I don't know, somewhere in Turak. Um you know, you probably just shoveling money down the toilet there. Mm. But if you're buying a, you can, you know, I was just talking before about a, a client of ours looking to buy in um, Bundamber in Queensland. It's 249 grand for three better that rents for 350 a week. Yeah. Um, you know, quite, quite good. But I mean, no offense to any of our Queensland listeners, uh, the areas, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's that's not, not too bad. That's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, look in the in the end, 
Um, and this is one of the traps that a lot of people fall into. It's it doesn't matter if you would live in the place or you oh, like the sure, place. For sure, for sure. It's it's yeah, it's about tenants and that sort of stuff. And the, the suburb that the client is looking at, um, they're building a big jail there. And as we've seen with um Risden Vale in Tassie, uh Wellington in New South Wales, Cessnock in New South Wales, Grafton in New South Wales, um, where she's looking to buy at Bundamba. Um, a big jail, so lots of people who'll come and rent to be near sure. the jail, and also lots of people who'll come and get employed at the jail. So, 100%. You know, it's a good economic boost, and especially um, when we talk about jails, a lot of contracts for a jail um, are long lasting. So, it might be a yeah. 30 year contracted deal where a private contractor runs yeah. that prison for the government for 30 years. So, yes touch wood nothing goes wrong for 30 years mm. if you own a rental there you've got tenants because there's always people working there so those yeah or you know are... people people moving there because they want to be near their loved one who is in the jail for some reason for sure um a real quick one uh the commonwealth bank is the first of the big four banks to raise any of their interest rates over the past month or two adding 0.05% to each of their two-year and four-year fixed rates. Uh, so the two years up to just below 2%, I believe, while mm -hmm. the four years up to 2.29%. So a fixed rate yeah. obviously means that for the fixed year period, you're only charged, you're charged the same amount of interest for four years, yeah. two years, however yeah. long the, the term is. It goes from yeah. one year all the way up to five years, I believe. Yeah, five. Yeah, five. Yeah. Oh, you can get 10. You can get 10-year fixed rates, but they're, they're a bit more expensive. So yeah, okay. generally, up and up until probably, um, I don't know, probably about May, uh, the four-year fixed rates were pretty good, but then they started um, trending up. The two, the two, most banks' two-year fixed rates are still pretty good. Um, and, you know, you don't have to have all your loaners fixed. You can have, you know, if you've got a loan of 400 grand, you might want to fix fix 300 and have a hundred grand variable. So you yeah, can sure. um, focus on paying down that hundred grand or you can just, you know, you know, if you're, if you're renting and then you're looking to buy a property and it's your first property and you're worried that you're, you know, you just, you, you think, you know, I'm going to be worried about my repayments. Well, you can de-risk it by, you know, fixing your rate for up to five years. That might be a podcast topic for the future. I reckon yeah. how just yeah. the, a real basic rundown of how the um how you can split a loan right yeah and the other thing to look at is some of the fixed rate fixed rate loans generally have less features than variable rate loans um a bit yeah, more they, basic they might, right yeah then there might be restrictions on how much extra you can pay off the loan um there's um some of them have offset accounts on fixed rates, there's some banks that have offset accounts on fixed rates, which is a bit bit rare. Sure. Um, but yeah, we certainly talk about that, and also yeah. we can talk about a thing called rate lock, which you know, if you if you get a loan at a fixed rate, um, so your your loan's approved, and then there might be four to five weeks between the approval and settlement, um, you can you can lock the rate in, so to make sure that between the date of a formal approval, unconditional approval, and um, the date that the loan settles, um, you know, that you're going to get that rate. Okay. Yeah, I'll add that to the thing. Um, just, just touching on those interest rate hikes, do you think this is 
um because i'm i'm thinking of it from two 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 uh uh mindsets i guess two angles yeah Mm -hmm. is uh, is this is this the Commonwealth Bank expecting that the RBA is going to raise the cash rate early, or is this them just figure we may as well chop up, you know, add 05 percent or whatever it is to each of these two rates, and we'll make a bit better of a profit? Look, I think it's probably it might be a bit of both. Um, yeah, their two-year fixed rate was pretty good. Um, most of the other banks had, you know, some of the some of the other big four banks had already moved their two-year fixed rate to 1.99, so they were probably the around the cheapest of the um, of the big four. Interestingly, um, Bank West is owned by Commonwealth Bank, and when when we saw that Combank had put their rate up, we all expected for Bank West to do the same thing. Now they haven't as yet. Um, we've got some clients who had their loan approved with Bank West earlier this week and they're on a two-year fixed rate. And as soon as I saw the Commonwealth Bank rate go up, I talked to them and said, look, if it was me, I'd be locking the rate in because they've got an extended settlement on their property. I said, look, it's going to cost you X, um, which you can, you know, which you know they've got the money to pay for. But I just said, if if they do put their rate up, it could, you know, it could cost you a lot more than that. So, for sure, okay. Um, another thing we were going to cover, we we sort of brought it up just before. We sort of just, um, brought it up just before, which is we are short on everything, right? The supply is dwindling for a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. There's a shortage of listings, so there's not enough houses yeah. that are coming onto the market to be sold. Uh, yeah. then it's not proportionate to the amount of people that want to buy. So there's more buyers. Mm. Like you haven't said it in yeah. a while. There's more, there's more seagulls than there are chips. Um, yeah, there's a lot, the, a lot more seagulls than there are chips. Apart from Sydney and Melbourne, the rental situation is pretty dire in most of the rest mm. of the country. There's a chronic yeah. shortage of rental properties. The mm-hmm. costs to build has been higher than ever because there's a shortage of everything and everybody in vil- involved with the creation mm. of new dwellings. So yeah, and um, one, one of the issues that I spot, think, I guess. yeah, I think one of the issues that you mentioned building that, that I think will come up over the coming six to 12 months is that to boost, to boost building, um, you know, there was the home builder scheme that finished in March this year. And, you know, a lot of builders, um, yeah, some of the builders reported tripling to quadrupling the number of building contracts that they took on. Now, most of them would be fixed price contracts. So, with banks, um, you know, if you're if you're looking to build a property, the four words you have to remember: a fixed price building contract, because that's what banks will lend against. Um, in the past, um, yeah, you get a you get a contract. And then the builder would just put in variations. So the three hundred thousand dollar house could end up costing you three thirty or three forty. So I just think there could be some pain coming where build from was coming towards the builders um, because they've signed fixed price building contracts and the price of materials has gone up and the cost of tradies has gone up. And you know you've just had that building. You know, you had the issues in Sydney when some of the building sites were shut too. Right. So I think it's going to be an interesting time coming up. For sure. Um, so the Real Estate Industry Association, 
I think that's it, or Association of Australia. I don't ever remember yep. RIA. RIA is the, the yeah. acronym. It's real really hard to remember. Real Estate Institute of Australia. So that, that's the, that's the um, industry body for real estate agents. Right. So the uh, president from there, his name's Adrian Kelly. He's basically on here every week in the news we talk about. Uh, yeah. Sort of talking about what he's expecting to come out of this year's census. So forecasting a rise in home ownership, obviously driven by government grants, low interest rates, mm -hmm. and an interesting tidbit, which is the rise of single women owning homes uh, is expected to come up in this year's census. So to yeah. give people a bit of an idea, the highest level of home ownership in Australia was 73% of the population in 1966. It was the lowest in 1947. Uh, as of the 2016 census, which was the last one that we conducted, home ownership for the Aussie population sat at 67%. So mm -hmm. it's obviously better than 53 in 1947, but it's not as good as back in the 60s. Um, yeah, so 53% yeah. was like two years after the war finished. Yeah. And the 1996, 1966 was two years after I was born. So yeah, obviously right. to celebrate that, a lot of people bought yeah. houses. Yeah, a lot of people put some money back into the economy. The yeah. um, Kelly also noted that the rise of dual income households uh, sort of took place. So from 1981 onwards, dual income home ownership rose consistently from 50% in 81 to 85% in 2016. Um, yeah, now a lot of a lot of that is driven by house price growth. Yes, you know that you need, and and also that there's a lot more um, couples where both work. For sure, yeah. So I guess like the 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 a lot of people could get by. Maybe it was a struggle, mm. but a lot of people got by back in the day by one of them working. Um, mm. Like traditionally, it was the male that was working while the the wife maybe stayed at home and looked after the kids in their home. But nowadays, mm. it's it's probably more beneficial, I guess, to have both working if you're going to like pay yep. the bills and get the housing on. Was there any other thoughts you and, had for it? I don't just just out of out of interest of the five people who've bought who we've had buy properties in the last two weeks, three of them are single females. Yeah. So okay. it, it's happening happening a lot more where um you know people are basically sort of getting in the market, which is good. Who run the world, girls? Who run the world? <laughs> yeah. Um, is that Spice? Is that Spice Girls? No, I think it's Beyonce. I'll Beyonce. But I could be wrong. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, last thing we're going to cover. Go, you could go. You could go into a home open and say to the agent, "I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want." <laughs> um, loan market Maybe. and connective are two of the aggregators, I believe. Yeah. Yes. All right. We won't talk yeah. about what aggregators are because we've given enough information. Yeah. It might be a bit of yeah. overload for today. So, um, yeah, there's a report of a surge in refinance inquiries during the Greater Sydney and Melbourne lockdowns. Um, yeah. Expectation, obviously, being that the number of people reviewing their finances and looking for ways mm. to save is set to continue. In July, uh, which I believe would have been like the beginning of some of the Greater Sydney issues. Yeah. Yep. Loan market recorded refinancing volumes that were 50% higher than the state's 12-month average for New South Wales. Um, yep. Obviously, the trend of people refinancing has sort of picked up since COVID began because people started mm -hmm. realizing any way I can save money, I should probably try. Um, yep. So it's, a, it's been a trend since last year. I just, I guess your thoughts on this one? Yeah, and look, there's a lot, there's a lot more um, promotion around on it. Like you see... 
um, things coming in via fa on Facebook feed. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah. And, you know, people are trying to save money. Um, yeah, some people are refinancing to renovate because they're, you know, working from home and spending more time at home. So they want to do things to their property. We have a lot of people refinancing and then getting extra cash to buy um, um, additional properties and those sorts of things. So, yeah, it's not really, not really surprising. And the other one you mentioned is the refinance cashbacks. So, you know, if if two years ago or say, yeah, say two years ago, you fixed your interest rate for three years at three and a half percent, the refinance cashback is more, you know, generally going to cover any uh, break costs on a fixed rate loan um, so that, you know, you can you can just save yourself money. So there's plenty, plenty of it happening. For sure. Was there anything else you wanted to cover before we got out of here for this one? Yeah, I had, I had quite a few actually that I just jotted down. Um, one of the things that um, some lenders do is they call them uh, rate bundles. And what that is, is if you if you have a um, home loan and an investment loan, or if you've got a home loan and you want to refinance it and get an investment property, um, some lenders will give you uh, discounted rates on one or other if you bundle them together. So it's a bit like when you go to KFC and they say for 50 cents extra, you can get the, the bigger chips and the um, bigger Pepsi Max. So mm. that's just something to keep in mind when you're talking to your broker or bank about what options you've got. Um, another lender this week, 86400, came out with a no LMI up to 85%. Um, so lenders mortgage insurance is generally paid when you borrow more than 80%. Um, St. George have an offer if you're a first home buyer or if one of you is a first home buyer where there's $1 mortgage insurance up to 85% borrowing against the loan, against the property value. So okay. that was interesting. Um, not surprisingly, ComBank put their... Um, profit out this week and had quite a big profit, but they've had a dramatic fall in the number of broker loans. Yeah. So um which is quite I think interesting. It dropped like um, 10, 15 percent for the month. Yeah, it know? was quite it was quite huge. And I think a lot of that's due to um you know just some of their behavior wasn't yeah they were just a bit arrogant I think. But anyway, they'll they'll mm -hmm. sort that out. Um the one of the ones you flicked to me during the week is about the different sorts of loans you can get when you're in business, um, low-doc loans, mid-doc loans, alternative-doc loans, and full-doc loans. So if you're, in, if you're in business and you don't have full financials um, or you've just started or you've got a lot of cash sales that you don't run through the books, um, there's lots of different options for you. And the only other one I was going to mention, and this might be something for, for you to chat in the advice series to someone like Terry Ryder or Simon Presley or John Linderman. Um, there's a lot of stuff going around about how the Queen, the, the Olympics, the 2032 Olympics in Brisbane is going to turbocharge the Queensland economy for the next 12, 13 years, as well as the property market. Now, at the, mark, at the moment, the Queensland property market is very strong. Um, you've got half of, half of Melbourne and most of Sydney locked down and people can see, you know, people wandering, you know, you know there's news reports of people wandering around Brisbane and, you know, in freedom from COVID because it's been better. Whether by luck, better, good luck or good management, it seems to have been 
um, spared a lot of the lockdowns. Right. Um, and also from affordability, you know, a lot of people do retire up in retire to Queensland. Um, they've just got to remember to put their phone, sorry, put their clock back an hour and 10 years when they get there. So the the main thing is, yeah, you know, you'll see a lot of stuff um, around, but as we've said before, when you get, when you hear information, first thing you got to think about is who's telling me this and what's in it for them. Like when you walk into an open home, when you can visit, do an open home or a private inspection and the agent tells you everything about the area and the house and all this sort of stuff, they've got a vested interest in you paying as much as possible for that property because they earn more commission. 100%. So when you get it, when you know, there's an exclusive webinar um, and, you know, they talk about Queensland property market or any property market for that matter, just think in the back of your mind, why are they saying this? Because yeah, a lot of the time, their interest, right? yeah, a lot of the time, like the the info I've read from Simon Presley on from Propertyology, who's probably like, you know, the guru is the Einstein of property in Australia, um, is that a lot of the things for the Olympics have already been the Queensland Olympics. They've already been built. When New South Wales got given the Olympics in, I think they got given the Olympics in '93. Um, there was like a seven year um, you know, they had to build new stadiums and new infrastructure and all this stuff. Um, for Queensland, it's 12 years away or 11 years away, and a lot of the stuff is already there. For sure. So is there going to be a boom? Could be, but it may, you can't just say, you know, there was a boom in, um, in Sydney when we had the Olympics because uh, if you look at London, there wasn't a boom. Yeah, so. I had a bit of a I had a bit of a gripe with all of that because the way it's being portrayed by um, I guess media people is, you know, look at look at um, LA having their Olympics, look at Australia having our Olympics in the years prior. Those mm. property markets have boomed as a result, but they conveniently they leave out all the Olympics that are held in maybe developing nations that have nothing happen out of the Olympics. So mm. they say that there's heaps of examples, but it's all first world countries. And it's not even all of the ones that have held in Olympics have had a huge property boom as a result. So take it with yeah. a grain of salt, I guess, is a good takeaway from that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. You happy yeah. With that? So that's thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think you'll just like at the moment, every, every, um, every dog's barking on the street on the corner about the Queensland property market. So just be careful. Um, I always say, if you're looking to buy, if you're looking to buy in an area you're not familiar with, yeah, maybe think of getting a buyer's agent to help you, or at least, you know, if you can go and check out the area. For sure. Um, so if anyone wants to get in touch with us, it's moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. Uh, you yep. can get us get in contact there. Or if you just look us up on Facebook, it's the same there, Money Saver Home Loans. You should be yep. able to find us. Um, a bunch of episodes have come out over the last couple of weeks that you will hopefully find informative. Um, there's a credit 101 lesson, sem I, I don't know what to call it, but we've got a podcast coming out. This will, It'll be out by the time you hear this uh, with Victoria Costa, where we talk all things credit, um, how credit works, what a credit score is, what a credit inquiry is, how a credit card or an afterpay or a buy now pay later scheme would affect your credit. Um, so if it's something you're interested in, you should be able to find it by the time this goes live. 
Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. about it, right? Just while you're on that, um, if you're looking to get um, a loan or, you know, you're looking to get in the property market, um, get go into the Equifax website and get a copy of your free credit report. Um, we've had, we've got a couple of people uh, we're working with at the moment and there's things on their credit report that they know nothing about. So, and it can take up to a month to get them fixed. Longer if they're things that um, a lender or someone might have, um, you know, not, may not be happy about because sure. um, we, we we had a client a couple months ago had a... Uh, telecommunication company put a default on his credit report. Um, it wasn't his. It belonged to someone who had a similar name to his. So okay. yeah, um, it's worth check out your credit, check report, out your credit report. And um, if you need help with your credit report, give Victoria and her team a ring. Um, but yeah, if you listen to that podcast, um, that'd be good. Easy. 